You are listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast by The Crossing on how to live into God's bigger story. Hi, welcome back to A Bigger Life. Today I want to look at Psalm 25. This, since my early 20s, has been a psalm that has created a kind of vocabulary of prayer for me, a kind of phraseology of prayers that I pray. A lot of times I'll be without a Bible. You don't always want to have to get your Bible out every time you want to say a quick prayer or have a quick time of of praying something. And, and so as you go through these psalms and as we pray through them, you're going to discover some favorites that you want to go back to. And in those favorites, you're going to discover there's a few verses that have the kind of phrases that resonate with you in particular. And Psalm 25 has always been one of those psalms for me. And, you know, always in these podcasts, you can you can look at the verses in the show notes, you know, you, on your phone, you kind of swipe left or whatever, and you get the verses, we'll have those there that you can read. A lot of times when you see it, it helps remember it, uh, not just hear it. But this psalm, what I wanted to do, what I want to do is look at part of this psalm today, and then in the next episode, we'll look at the other part, because it's a long psalm, so we'll have to take a couple days to look at it. But it's a psalm of David, and it's 3,000 years old plus, and that's important for us to know when we come to these psalms. We're, we're coming into a world, even though it's been translated into English, and it sounds very contemporary, and it is contemporary because the human condition is still the same. Not much has changed. We are going back in time 3,000 years when we read it, and we're going to a foreign country. So, you know, if you've traveled to a, a foreign country, the more foreign it is culturally, the more you have to adapt to what you're experiencing, and you don't want to be the ugly American. And think about that now multiplied by 3,000 years. So you're not only going to a foreign country with a very different culture, but you're going back in time to a very different culture 3,000 years ago. And yet, and it's amazing, yet... Uh, you'll find that people haven't changed much. Uh, And what's fascinating to me is that David, as he prays, maybe this won't be fascinating to you, but for some reason it's fascinating to me that when David prays in the first verse, to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O Lord there, as you know, I've been harping on the name of God because I think we miss something the Hebrew readers had when they said the name of God, they had an image in their mind, not an image in the sense of a graven image, but a concept of God being I am. His name, I am, he is. Oh Lord, I am, I lift up my soul to you. You are the I am. We've talked about this and I just want to emphasize because I think we can't ignore the fact that the name of God has meaning and that meaning is is meaningful when we pray. So to you, Yahweh, to you, he is, to you, I am. I lift up my soul. 3,000 years ago, this is who David was speaking to. He's speaking to the I am. And, And this is getting to my point that's really interesting to me, is that this is the same God that I'm talking to now. I'm talking to the I am. I'm talking to the creator. I'm talking to my creator. 
I'm talking to the Lord of heaven and earth. I'm talking to the God that created this universe. I'm talking to the God who is the source of all existence and the giver of all life, the one who called himself the I am. And it's still the same being as David talked to 3,000 years ago. I'm talking to the same person. I mean, I know it's not a person in the sense of people, but person in the sense of a real personality. God is personal. I'm talking to the same person that David talked to 3,000 years ago. It kind of blows my mind when I think about it that way, that I'm talking to someone that David talked to 3,000 years ago. To you, Yahweh, to you, I am. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul, I, in, I entrust my life to you. The soul there is not what we think of. We think of our soul as sort of the spiritual aspect of who we are, but that wasn't the Hebrew concept of soul when they said soul. When they said soul, they meant the whole being, the whole person. I entrust my life to you. I entrust my whole being to you. I entrust my whole life to you. Verse 2, oh my God, in you I trust. This is a phrase that has resonated with me for decades. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Whenever the psalmist says, O my God, for some reason that has always stuck out to me as a phrase that I I want to be able to say to God, you are my God. Whenever in the Bible God says he is our God, What that means is he has forever committed himself to be our God, to be the one who rescues us, to be the one who is with us, to be faithful to his promises. He is our God, and we don't have to worry. Whenever the psalmist says, whenever we say, you are my God, oh my God, what we mean by that, what the psalmist means by that is that God is my security. God is the source of my identity. He's my God. I'm his. He's my God. He's my God. He's my significance. He's my salvation. He's my restoration. He's my belonging. I I belong to him. I have belonging to God. He's my future. He's my present. He's my joy. He's my life. This is a phrase I think is, is, is very quick to easily memorize. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. I seek you first. This is the way that David prayed, and you see this kind of phraseology a lot in the Psalms. And I think it really works for me spiritually, and I, and I hope it's something that that you take away from this time, this, this phraseology, to you, Lord, I lift up my soul. Oh my God, in you I trust. Let me not be put to shame. This is an ancient honor culture. This is what I was getting to when I said we're entering a foreign country and we're entering a foreign culture that's not just foreign in geographical location, but foreign in time. We're entering back in time 3,000 years. And as a shame-based, honor-based culture, and... Life is about, um, am I living a life of honor or am I living a life of shame? Am I going to be shamed in the end or am I going to be honored in the end? We don't think of life that way. We think in terms of self-actualization. Am I happy being me? Uh, This is my truth. I want to live according to who I really am. 
inside. This is the way we think today. That that would have been uh, just something unheard of. That wouldn't have been in the way anybody thought in this culture. I think what he's getting at when he says, let me not be put to shame, is something a little bit similar to what the Apostle Paul says and when he says about running the race, that I might not be disqualified. Uh, that that we're we're trusting God. David is looking to God, and we're trusting to God when we say, "Let me not be put to shame." We're we're trusting God to help us run and finish our race with honor, with winning, with a prize. That we would not be disqualified. That we would not not finish the race, not finish what God has us do. And this was a this was a way of looking at the we call it the Christian life. This is a way of looking at our life with God is that we would finish with honor, that we would finish strong, that we would not be put to shame. So he says in verse four, make me know your ways, O Lord, teach me your paths. Verse five, lead me in your truth and teach me for you are the God of my salvation for you. I wait all the day long. Because life is about finishing with honor versus finishing with shame, being disqualified versus winning, David just simply says to God, God, you need to you need to make me know your ways. You need to teach me your paths versus deception. Lead me in your truth versus deception versus falling for some sort of cultural illusion that causes me to fall and not finish the race, that causes me to finish with shame instead of honor. That I live in a reality inside God's universe. I don't get to create my own universe. Reality is what God has created. There's no universe outside of God's universe. And so I want to live my life within God's universe, within the reality of God's universe. There will be a reality that my life has to face, and I will either fall in that reality or I will finish in that reality with either shame or with honor. Not honor in the sense that I'm my own righteousness, but honor in the sense that I have maintained my allegiance to God, to Christ as my king. That, I, that, that, that I'm living my life progressively in my learning the ways of God, learning the paths of God. That I'm living inside his universe, living in his truth, for he is the God of my salvation. He is the God that I want to him to teach me the path of life, the path of glory, the path of joy, the path of shalom. So he says, for you, I wait all the day long. When, when David talks about waiting on the Lord, the Bible says that phrase a lot, waiting on the Lord. That's a way that we would say, I think, again, it's a foreign culture. Uh, it's a different way of thinking, but waiting means that, that no, I'm going to trust in him. I'm not going to, I'm not going to take a quick fix here. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go that way. That's a trick. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna seek God. I'm gonna seek Yahweh, the I Am, as my as my security, my significance, my identity, my belonging, my future, my present, my joy, my glory, my life, my shalom, my peace, my flourishing. I'm gonna seek Him. I'm not gonna fall for a trick. I'm not going to fall for the flashy thing over there that's a that's a lure that's going to trap me. I'm going to seek God for my glory, for my life, for my joy, for my shalom, my peace, my well-being, my my flourishing. I'm going to trust 
in him. I'm not going to fall for a trick. I'm not going to fall for an illusion. I'm not going to be deceived. I'm going to trust in him. So make me know your ways, Yahweh. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and and teach me for you are the God of my salvation. For you, I wait all the day long. All right, so let's take these verses I looked at, these few verses here in Psalm 25, and let's let's make them a, a prayer. Let's let's learn these phrases and be able to use these phrases in the future when we're driving in the car, laying in our beds, getting ready for a stressful meeting. Um, or walking into our home from work, or walking into an environment where we want to be at our spiritual best, let's remember these phrases, and we can use them as quick prayers to God. And let's pray them now as we meditate on these verses in prayer. Let me lead you in prayer. Uh, you make my prayer your prayer. And let's pray now through this these, these parts of the psalm. To you... O Lord, to you, Yahweh, to you, I am. You are the I am. You are the creator of all that exists. Nothing exists that you haven't created, and you created everything for your purpose. You've created this entire universe. I have no idea all that that means. This universe, the mysteries of this universe, the the physics of this universe, the quantum physics of this universe, the things that we don't even know we don't know, we don't know we don't understand. You are the God who created this entire universe. You are everywhere in this universe. You are outside this universe because you created this universe. You're the one that David spoke to 3,000 years ago, and you're the one that I speak to now. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. I surrender my whole life to you. I entrust my life to you. I entrust my whole being to you. I entrust my whole future to you, my present to you. All of my concerns, I lift up to you. All of my worries, I lift up to you. I lift up my anxiety onto you, my concerns, my fears, my insecurities, I lift my insecurities to you. I lift my doubts to you. I lift my relationships to you. I lift up my job to you. I lift up my health to you. I lift up my life to you. I lift up my finances to you. To you, O Lord, Yahweh, the I Am, the one who can handle everything beyond what I could even imagine, I lift them all up to you. I give them to you. I surrender them to you. I entrust them to you. I entrust me to you. Oh, my God. You are my God. You are my trust. In you, I trust. In you. In you. In you. The I am. I trust. You are my God. I live for you. I exist because of you. I exist for you. You are my God. You are my security. You are my significance. You are my salvation. You are my sense of identity. You define who I am. 
that you are my God defines who I am. That the God who created this universe wants to be my God, has committed himself in Christ to be my God, defines who I am. You are my God. You are my belonging. You are my future. I have no future outside of you. You are my future. You alone are my future. You alone are my security. You alone are my significance. You alone are my salvation. You alone are my identity. You are my confidence. You are my security in the future. You are my security in the present. And you will make sense of my past. You will wipe every tear from my eye and redeem my past, redeem my present, redeem my future. You are my joy, my reason for joy, my only source of joy. You are the God who created joy. You are the only one who is the true source of true joy. Let me not be put to shame. Let me live my life so that you can say, well done, my good and faithful servant, that I would live my life with you in mind, that I would live my life, well, as it says in this verse, in, in verse 15, my eyes are ever toward Yahweh, toward the Lord, that I would live my life vertically, that I would live my life not wanting to be disqualified, but to finish this race with honor, to finish this race the way you want me to finish this race. That I would not be put to shame, but that I would bring honor to you. Honor to your name, because your name is written on me. Your name is on me. I bear your name, so that I would finish my life honoring your name, showing true allegiance to you, rather than bringing you shame, rather than bringing me shame, that I would bring you honor and finish with honor, that I would live my life with honor, finish this year with honor, finish this month with honor, that I would bring honor to you, to all who know me. Indeed, none who wait for you will be put to shame. None who seek you, trust you, and trust to you will finish with shame, but will finish with honor. So make me to know your ways, Yahweh. Your ways, O Lord. Your ways, the I am. Teach me your paths of life, your paths of glory, your paths of radiance and splendor and majesty and beauty and redemption restoration. Make me know your ways of healing, your ways of bringing sight to the blind, that you would bring sight to my blindness, bringing legs to the lame, that you would bring true legs to my broken body, my broken existence, that you would help me to see and help me to speak and help me to hear and help me to walk in true restoration, not not only in the resurrection, which will truly be true restoration, but even progressively now in my life that I would see more and hear better, that I would have wisdom and discernment, 
that I would have healing and restoration in the ways that I am broken. Make me know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths of glory and life and joy and shalom. Lead me in your truth, the reality of living inside your universe versus being deceived by tricks, by being deceived by false stories and false narratives for my life, illusions that will trap me and trick me. Rather than that, I pray that you would lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. You are the God of my joy. You are the God of my flourishing shalom, my peace, my well-being. You are the God of my glory, the God of my life, the God of my restoration. For you, I wait all the day long. For you, I seek. In you, I trust. You are my God. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul and trust my whole life, my whole being, my whole future to you. O my God, in you I trust. You are my security, my salvation, my significance, my future, my present joy, my future restoration, my present life, my present restoration, and the one who redeems my past for good. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks for listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast of The Crossing, a church in Columbia, Missouri. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and give it a rating so people can find this content more easily or consider texting it to a friend or posting it on social media. Thanks for listening.